You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Lifelong Learning, featuring thought leaders in the field of continuing medical education. Lifelong Learning is presented in cooperation with the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions, the International Association of CME Professionals. Here's your host, Senior Vice President of Educational Strategy for Prova Education, Lawrence Sherman. With me today is Janet Klein from Creative Educational Concepts, and we're here at the Alliance for Continuing Education for Health Professions uh, in San Francisco, and we're going to talk about pharmacy and healthcare professional education. Janet, you, you develop a great deal of education for pharmacists. What trends have you seen that would be of interest to the practicing healthcare professionals, pharmacists and otherwise? I think the clinical community of pharmacy is always interested in what they can do to improve patient care. And I think with opportunities coming in from accountable care organizations and the medical center home, they're going to have even more opportunities to do that. And it's going to be part of our role to teach what they can do there. They certainly have the skills to be involved in medication management. And with one in ten people having a medication error, if you're on a drug, you probably ought to have a pharmacist involved in your care. That's an interesting point. So when you're looking at developing education for the pharmacists, do you focus in on their role at the point of care or at, during that continuum? We focus in on where they practice because where they practice often determines what their role is. So if you're in retail, you're going to have a little bit different role than if you're an ICU pharmacist in a major medical center. So we try to really narrow down and, and, and discern what they need to know and then teach not only the theory but teach what they need to do to implement and improve patient care. So it's, a lot of it is, is site of work driven. Uh, that's really interesting. So uh, have you noticed differences in trends and requests for education about topics from the different workplace settings? We're seeing more and more on medication errors or adverse events. Uh, we're seeing the desire for education on medication therapy managed because that is certainly new. And now we're seeing medication reconciliation because that's going to be so important in the future because it's important that patients have a good transition from a setting or a physician and that their medications are correct as they move through all those settings. So we have a lot of interest in, in those things, not just disease state management. You know, something you said triggered uh, a thought. Uh, th there's this term educational isolation, which is sort of what, what happens when we teach the pharmacists separate from the nurses, separate from the physicians. And I think, you know, maybe educational isolation isn't what we need to be creating, but maybe these practicing healthcare professionals need to be taught as a team. They definitely need to be taught as a team. And I found out early in my career working in a hospital that if I didn't include the physicians and didn't include the nurses, there was nothing I could do by myself. We all had to be on the same page. If somebody was pushing a guideline, it had to be pushed to all three disciplines. So the interdisciplinary team is just so critically important. And then, of course, you do have things that, that may be related to that topic that only the nurse needs education on or only the physician or only the pharmacist. But there are so many overlaps where you need the interdisciplinary team to, to hear and to be taught the same thing. Do you think there are people on the team, the healthcare professionals, that would be surprised to learn how much the other team members know? We see it all the time. We see it in, in our interdisciplinary education. We see it when we, we start talking them or quizzing them on what, what do you think the role is there? Who's got the ultimate responsibility there? And as we see that and they realize that they can work together, they can augment each other and end up with one plus one plus one is five, it's, it's really a success story. 
One plus one plus one is three. No, not when you get the synergy. Then it becomes five. Got it. And as a pharmacist, you think of synergism all the time, don't you? Absolutely. We look at synergistic drugs. So, so you can do synergistic education and use it as potentiation, couldn't you? Absolutely. So uh, what have you learned from talking to other pharmacists? You're a pharmacist yourself. Uh, what have you learned from talking to other pharmacists about what's most impactful in their education and their needs? You know, one of the biggest things they want to see is, is how to implement things. They like to understand the theory, but when it comes down to it, they want to know when they go to work Monday morning what they can do to make a positive change. And it's, it's fun to be teaching and, and to start working through cases and see these aha moments or the light bulb calls on and they go, oh, my gosh, that's Mrs. Smith or that's Mr. Jones. And, and, or this is a realistic expectation. I can get the hemoglobin A1Cs down. And it's just, it's fun to see them know they can implement and make change and that it's a responsibility. And you develop education for other healthcare professionals as well. Yes, we, we work with mostly physicians, pharmacists, and nurses. And are there differences between those three disciplines in the education they look for and the way they look for education? You know, they all like every form, and some of that may be age-related, but we find that most of our people like different forms of education or different different modalities. It may be enduring, it may be live, it may be a monograph, it may be you know, a streamlined video, and that's pretty consistent across all disciplines. They all want to learn, they all want to do a better job, and that's, that's been so refreshing. We're creating an environment of active learners. How can we help our practicing healthcare professionals better find the education that fits their needs? I think we're going to see the development of more uh, continuous professional development where it's up to the participant to, to think about, here's what my practice is, this is what I need to know, this is where I feel I'm weak. Now that's going to be subjective on the practitioner's part because they're not going to know what they don't know. And those are the hardest activities to bring uh, participants to. But I, I think there's, there's going to be more and more emphasis on on quality measures of this is where I have to do a good job, this is what the emphasis is, and if I do not feel competent and competent, then I need to find more education on that in order to do my job well. And how do they find that education? I think there are databases that can list these are, are educational programs that are out there. I think a lot of people go to those different enduring ones. Uh, pharmacy is unique because there's a database within the accrediting body, ACPE, that they can go in and say, I want a program on diabetes, and that'll bring up everyone in their database that, that is on diabetes. Ah, but that then presents a challenge. How do they pick the right one from the list? To pick the right one, they have to go in and see what the title is, see what the learning objectives are, and if those learning objectives match what they want to learn. See, I think that's the important point. I, I, in uh, research that I've seen, a lot of learners don't necessarily read those learning objectives. They go by title and faculty. You're exactly right. And the faculty can be important, but I think, I think in the next five years we're going to see more and more emphasis on what specifically do you need to learn. And I know all the CPD movement is teaching. Drill down to the learning objective you need to learn and look for it and then document if you learned it. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Lawrence Sherman, and I'm speaking with Janet Klein from Creative Educational Concepts. We're talking about pharmacy and other healthcare professional education while we're here at the Alliance for Continuing Education for Health Professionals annual meeting. Well, let's talk about that team-based learning again. Uh, what should a pharmacist expect from their role in a multidisciplinary educational activity, and what should the other healthcare professionals think about the role of the pharmacist to be? 
I think the pharmacist is in a great position because there's such a, a not a mediator, but an interdisciplinary agent between the patient and the, and the physician. If you're not doing mail order, then your pharmacist is probably involved in your care on, on every one to three months, depending on whether you get a monthly fill or a three-month fill. So I think they're in a great place. They have the trust of the patient. It's, it's called the most trusted profession. And so between that trust and seeing the patient, usually the patients are very comfortable talking to their pharmacist. So they're, they're kind of a bridge. And as the physicians realize that and we get a good working relationship between the nurses and the MPs and the PAs and, and the pharmacists, I think we're going to see more discussion on the care, more confidence in each other that I'm, I'm calling the physician and, and this is, you know, this antibiotic does not appear to be working. Would you like to change to something else? I think, I think we're going to see an improved care because we're, we all want to do the same thing. And I think we'll have a better understanding of each of our roles. Certainly pharmacists don't diagnose, physicians do. But pharmacists monitor the therapy. They help in uh, drug selection and dosage selection. So I, I think we'll find a better understanding of our roles. Well, I think that's an important point about the role of the pharmacist in an ongoing fashion in that patient journey. Absolutely. And so maybe the education, the multidisciplinary education, needs to focus in on improving those, I guess, touch points. And we, we try to be sensitive to that in the uh, interdisciplinary education that we produce in that what does the physician need to know about the problem we're trying to correct? What does the nurse need to know? What does the pharmacist need to know? But then in hearing it, they know what each discipline's role is and how they're working to help make it better so that they can have a, a more cohesive unit. And I think that goes back to a, a point that you brought up earlier, and you mentioned continuous professional development. And I think that's different from continuing education. Uh, what can we tell the pharmacists and the other health care professionals about what CPD is versus just CE or CME? CPD is an exercise I try to go through in January every year because I, I try to sit back and say, this is where I am now. This is who I work with. This is what I, I need to be able to do within my job or within my profession and what do I need to learn and what's going to be the best way for me to seek this information and so then I spend that year trying to make sure I accomplish that so that I feel much more competent and confident to treat those to treat patients we even do that in our education we look at where are the educational gaps the large gaps this year what do people need to know and then we'll try to tailor our education to help teach those gaps so that when the person going through CPD says I need a, a specific educational topic they can easily find it. See I think that's a great point and I think that's a practical tip that we can tell the healthcare professionals about their own role in developing their own personal educational plan. I agree it's a great tool. And, and so you mentioned a few things so it's, it's a self-assessment. Self-assessment. And then uh, a forward look at what opportunities may exist and then maybe trying to create your own opportunities by finding the right information. Exactly. And you may end up with meeting all your information in three months and then you can just start another goal. This is something else I need to learn. That, that's a great point. What advice could you give the practicing pharmacist or other healthcare professionals that may want to become more involved in continuing education or CPD? Where can they go? What can they do? There's a big initiative in CPD going on right now within the pharmacy profession. And if you talk to any of your organizations, or specifically if you talk to the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education, they have a, a lot of information on it that they can give you directly or on, uh, on the website because it is certainly changing. 
North Carolina is using a, a CPD model now for their continuing education, which is totally different. And so is Iowa. So we're seeing some good changes there where it's going to be recognized by the boards of pharmacy. And are there structured or informal uh, places that these folks can go to learn how to be better faculty? Not specifically to be better faculty. I'm not aware of training programs that way. Let's end this with one final question, forward-looking. What do you expect to see change, improve innovations in education that will become available for pharmacists as we move forward? I think two that are right on the horizon. One's been around for a little while, and that's your medication therapy management, because every study that has been done where the pharmacist is involved in the monitoring and management of the drug therapy of patients has shown a positive improvement. There have been no negative studies. With medi uh, medication reconciliation coming, I think there's going to need to be education on that, but I think that is going to be a huge key in reducing medication errors and adverse events as patients transfer from uh, an acute care facility to a long-term care facility or if they change providers, and, and that is going to be a critical role for pharmacists. My thanks to our guest, Janet Klein, from Creative Educational Concepts. We've been discussing pharmacy and healthcare professional education while we're here at the Alliance for Continuing Education for Health Professions. I'm your host, Lawrence Sherman, and join us next time. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com, featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals, featuring thought leaders in the field of medical education. Lifelong Learning is presented in cooperation with the Alliance for Continuing Education and the Health Professions, the International Association of CME Professionals.